Welcome to season five of the Foyne Jones Show. It's episode 14 today and I've got a very special guest from Virtual Worlds, Nathan McLean. He's going to be talking to us about the future of retail. Get ready for a really special podcast. Welcome to the Foyne Jones Show. This is very surreal. I am in a room full of rock stars and a room full of magicians. Today we are recording, I can't believe it's episode 14 of season 5. We have got, of course we've got producer Charlie in the studio. We've got, he's not such a new signing now, but we've got Rico joining us as well. And we have just finished our longest ever pre-recording meeting and in the studio opposite me today we've got a very very special guest he's kbb royalty and he's going to tell us ladies and gentlemen boys and girls he's going to tell us about a journey that began in norfolk it went to aberdeen in scotland there was a wards one in scotland it went to the other side of the world in new zealand He's now back in the UK. He's been a rock star, but you and I will know him as Nathan McLean from Virtual Worlds. Nathan, welcome to the Foyne Jones Show. Thanks very much, Peter. Pleasure to be here. And gold star as well, because you're the first guest that has travelled. I don't know if you're the first guest that's travelled by train, because Brad the Boxer travelled by train, and I think he walked or ran here from, from, the, from the Hilton Hotel. But you have not just made it from Milton Keynes down to Brighton, Nathan. You've got the little train above ground to Moleskoon, and you've walked through the back door of our recording studio at Plus X. That is impressive. And I had to get the bus um, to London Bridge as well, because that, that's all... Oh, works there, isn't it? The yeah, trains so, aren't running there. So, so, so Very what, proud what, of myself. What time did the day start <laughs> for you, Nathan? What time did the day start? 5am, uh, dropping my other half off at the airport. She's off to Romania to visit family. Fantastic. I thought, I thought he was going to say 5am for like deep spiritual, deep spiritual breathing. No, that's and, a future you know, plan. That would be future plan. That's future plan. And my partner would be perfect plan. for that. Yeah, yeah of course, of course, yeah. Mate, of course. So, so, so the show today, we're going to imagine that our listeners don't know as much about you as I do. And, and as you've been telling me and Rico about, and the story's amazing. So, so we'll get to know you and we get to know what you're doing at the moment. All right. So you're under no pressure whatsoever. Um, we're going to always give you the chance to say hello in that camera to your family and friends because, Great. you know, we're, do, we're doing that now. and Everyone seems to like that. <laughs> and we're going to spend a lot of time actually talking about the future of retail, you know, what, what that really means and what you're doing with your business at the moment. So if we imagine we've got Wembley Stadium and you're on stage in your piano and Char- Charlie's on bass and Rico's, what would you be doing, Rico? Drums. Rico, Rico's on the drums. Nathan, just tell us a little bit about yourself, mate. The floor is yours. Okay, great. Um, ooh, well, the first thing is um, started off in KVV, um, plumbing at Langs at Inverurie, and stayed in it, really. So what I discovered early on when I started up in business myself, I was 19 years old, um, started at Langs when I was 15, so I finished my apprenticeship there. And um, what I learned was, there's so many things you could do wrong. And I think all of my learning's been through <laughs> mistakes. And How'd you get on at then, school? I was terrible. I know, so, you no, told me that no, earlier. I just yeah, didn't know you were yeah. going to share so, it or not. Um, school, I would have been remedial class boy. Um, could always do better. Always looking out the window. Um, I moved a lot, around a lot at school. You know, my um, parents were, he was dad in the Navy and then the oil industry, so... Moved around quite a bit, so I never really managed to develop sort of lasting friendships. Mm. And then being an English boy, 
in Scotland was tough. That was yeah. really, really, really tough. That's another reason why I didn't like the football. So we'll get onto the football later yeah. on. Yeah, we will. But man. being English in Scotland around this is sort of seventies, um, Scotland didn't, from my memory, didn't do very well in the in the football. So you know, you take it out on the English boy. Yeah, and that was in Aberdeen, wasn't it? Yeah. Because that, that's yeah. the oil pathway yeah. as well. And it? very different, everything different. In England, it was sort of like rosy, <laughs> um, modern whiteboards. And then you go to Aberdeen, it was like Victorian schools where the boys and the girls are segregated. And then you've got to queue up in your form and go in as um, roller blackboards. Um, Mrs. Scorgy with a ruler will mm. give you a whack. But it, there's still inspiration there, though, because uh, I talk about this this a lot myself. That you know, you know be, be getting ten GCSEs at A star or whatever they are now, that doesn't define you for the rest of your life. You know, no. not going to university, tick. Not going to university, tick. You know, everyone's got a different pathway, and and you, I guess, if you're talking about a 15 year old doing a Langer Rook apprenticeship back in the day, you know, in, when when I would know apprenticeships. That's 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 the real world of apprenticeships, isn't it? So so you so you come through, and it, it was a plumbing path that you took. Yeah, yeah. Um, I couldn't ever imagine myself working in an office. You don't look that. like the average no. plumber. Sir. No, um, I don't no. know what the average plumber looks like. Mario um, no, Luigi, I, was, I guess. I was, but I was very very different. So when I joined Langs in Averuri, fantastic company, very proud of my heritage there. Um, I was fifteen had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, I had a summer holiday in the west coast of Scotland and it was a distant relative who had a plumbing company and I worked with him for the summer. My dad dropped me off and it's very strange living in a different house and seeing how different families work. And I just loved it. We were on top of roofs, under caravans, inside, outside. And it was- Living the dream, li- Yeah, yeah, yeah. And w- one of the lessons I, <laughs> I learned was I think one of the statements was, there's, there's 147 different types of jobby. This is like drains and things like that. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, yeah, I just, I just absolutely loved it. So I knew the plumbing, that's what I wanted to do. And I was so delighted that at last I knew what I was going to be. So then, 15, I was a Christmas lever. Um, I used to walk the streets of Inveruri going in the different plumbers. And it was James Lang's sons that I wanted to work there, the most the, you know, great history. Eighteen, I remember when they established eighteen hundred and something, and and they just had the best set up, the big yard and everything. And I went there, asking for a job. No, went around the other plumbers, didn't like them. Went back again. I think I got refused three times. And it was Andy Walker. Um, he he's now just retired. See it in the news. He's yeah. re- retiring. He was at the reception. It's big I think news. It's, a, it's big news him retiring. Yeah, no, that, that's yeah. that's big news for the industry. Yeah. No, I absolutely. Did you stalk him, Nathan? I just kept going back. I was terrified. <laughs> I, I'll tell you what. I, my, f- I had a vision of my future, and it was. I was what going, was it? Tell us what it was. It was dark. I was going to be unemployed, living in a council house, and not being able to afford a family, and being lonely. That's what I believed as a fifteen-year-old boy. The that's whole not a good time, place no, to be well, in, a fifteen-year-old boy. I didn't like school. I didn't get school. I didn't see the point. The way that they taught me was wrong. I needed to be, sort of, my knowledge needed to be applied to something, and learning things like algebra. I didn't even see the point of history. I remember saying to the history teacher, "I don't understand. What's the point of the history? It happened in the past." He didn't say, "Well, Nathan, you can learn from things that happen." He had no answer. The school I went to it was like glue bags on the playground. 
Um, it was just, uh, if anybody knows, Summerhill Academy in Aberdeen. It was an absolute nightmare. I, I, I could say, I could say, like you know, the the ex pupils are all listeners, but I, don't, I you know, I, I'm not sure. But listen, yeah. I, I went to a rough, tough school in Fulham, West London, right? So you know, it, it was. I mean, I joke about this, but it was actually deadly true. The police used to turn up in assembly and arrest people. Do you know well, what I mean? Yeah. It was, it was, it was a challenging school. It was a challenging environment, and yeah, I grew up in a tough council estate in Fulham as well, but. That don't define you. That's it's it's where you go from there. So so how did you get the gig with Andy then? So well, that was persistence. Yeah, persistence and the fear of yeah that of, fear yeah, and um, I just yeah I went asked for a job. I think was the first one. Then I asked for work experience, and they had more apprentices than they had tradespeople, so they're oversubscribed. And then I tur- went back again. I think it was the third time. And Andy Walker was standing behind the front desk. And I said, Hi, I've been in twice before. I asked for a job, you didn't have it. And I asked for work experience and you haven't got enough. But I just realized somebody might drop out and you haven't got my details. Can I have an application form, please? And Andy said, I've seen you like a few times. You keep coming back, don't you? Yeah. He said, I'll tell you what, I'll give you, give you a chance. And, and that was it. Mm. So um, I just wanted to be the best that I could be. And Never I, took wish, I wish I could take that little moment there. And use that as an example to educate job seekers and to educate, you know, I, a lot of what I do at Foyne Jones is is managing expectation. It's, it's managing dreams. And, yeah, you can change someone's life positively, but you're dealing with a lot of negativity. You have been unsuccessful. No one's getting back to you. It's a, it is, and, and we encourage employers so much to do the right thing. Mm. But encapsulating what you did there. By going back, by knocking on the door, by asking again, you're probably doing what 98, 99% of other people won't do. Yeah, and that's And that's where you got your gig. And I'll tell you what it is. It's going outside of your comfort zone. It didn't feel good going back there. It was scary. You felt a bit stupid. And um, and it was, yeah, it was a bit of desperation underneath the, the surface. But also the realisation that they didn't know but, who but I was. But There's but always but an opportunity. Desire, but words like desire, desperation, yeah. need, yeah. you know, they're big motivators. Yeah. You know, they're, they're and going for the best as well. And they're yeah. big motivators. And, and you did become, you did. I mean, let's let's take this plumbing journey. Hmm. You you know, I mean, you, you must have well, some, some awards. You must have some you, trophy cabinet yeah, in McLean Towers. Yeah. You, you know, you say that I don't look like the average plumber. You proved me at, wrong. At, at Langs, um, I was very different. So they <laughs> Um, Prince Harry was just born, and I was too posh to be a plumber because they all spoke, you know, like, yeah. Oh, Norman, fool you, Dean. I used to be very Chukterish. So, subtitles are available. Yeah. <laughs> subtitles will be available for that one. And, How was um, you with that? I mean, Rico's yeah. from Latvia, England's his second language. He speaks right. Japanese. Did yeah. you understand a word of that? No. No, no. okay. Right. Yeah, Thank yeah, you, mate. Yeah, you had to learn all, all yeah. the, the, country, the country words. Um, he has no chance with me yeah. when I talk in rhyming slang. He has absolutely no well, chance. At as all. a plumber, I'd be so like, no, no, Nathan, go get a blump. I go, a, a what? A blump. What's a blump? A blow lamp. You know, a blow lamp for, yeah. <laughs> for, for doing the fittings. But um, as an apprentice, so this is, I mean, anybody that's out there will want to advance. That was, like an op- that was like an open all hours sketch then, yeah. with you getting a blow lamp. The, there's, um, there's, there's so many things I can't even mention about my apprenticeship at Langs. It was just um, brilliant, brilliant memories, uh, fantastic education there. But um, one one thing is, I don't know what it's like now if you're an apprentice plumber, but in my day, you'd be doing a year of just sweeping, cleaning the van, and just doing that kind of stuff. And you wanted to get ahead, and you're told, 
No, part of the job is learning how to sweep and clean. You've got to learn how to clean before you can be a plumber. So I used to be a little bit different. I wanted to get ahead. So you'd be looking over the journeyman's shoulder, seeing the fittings. And he used to say, right, go to the van, get a 15 mil elbow and some flux and whatever. So you do what you're told. Then you start thinking ahead and you go, he's going to need four bends, a T, some steel wool, flux. So they said, uh, Nathan, go up to the van and get a... And I just lay it out in front of him, you know, looking ahead. But um, I... Did I, he like that or not? It depends which. So there's good. Well, there's good journeymen and there's yeah. No, because I'm saying yeah. so, like, like I I know these person. Like, I just know them from my own world, and it's really good what you're doing. But there could be pushback against that, couldn't there? There yeah, could no, be and, like, and who do you think has, you I'll, are? I'll, I'll give you I'll flashed give, it. Will get yeah. Like, you flashed so it. I'll, English get. I'll give you. I'll give you uh, an example of that. I mean, so many brilliant people out there, and there was some that just. Oh, they didn't like me, you know. It's yes, that's people, isn't it? You get people you like. But I was teamed up um, with with one guy. <laughs> he was just he he, he was he, he was like the um, Tasmanian devil. I mean, spit coming out of him all the time as well. We used to sit in the van having our um, piece morning piece, so it's be sandwich and a fancy piece is a bit of cake. And you'd be sitting there, and he'll be eating an apple. <laughs> And then he'll be spitting the pips out and they'll be bouncing off the windscreen. And that was his just default. He used to be just so rough. Um, <laughs> I kind of love him already. Yeah, you know, know, if that was today, you know, uh, today that's a documentary series. That's a, that's a TV show in yeah. itself, isn't it? A character like that. But uh, there was, he never used to let me do anything. And um, he actually used to be quite happy for you just to disappear. And um, <laughs> this story actually, yeah, it's, it's a nice memory. So, um, he he was letting he was carrying on. We're doing central heating in the house, so I just thought I'm just going to hang the radiators on the wall upstairs. He's working downstairs, so I hang all the radiators. And I thought, did that. So I thought I'm just going to put the tails down through the floor. Did that. I'll just check the. Emma, eventually it had that. I had the whole upstairs <laughs> fully plumbed, all the pipes lagged, and the risers to the downstairs in the, in the wall. And then Andy Walker turns up on site, and he goes, Oh, this is a. Where's Nathan? Oh, I don't know where he is. He's always disappearing. And I, and I come downstairs, and Andy says, what, what, Nathan, what have you been doing? I said, oh, centrally heating upstairs. I said, it's all done. <laughs> My journeyman was absolutely furious because he looked like a real yeah. dick. You know. I mean, that, that's going to compromise your relationship yeah. on a yeah, day-to-day yeah, day will, basis, yeah. isn't it? But, um, but, but this, this plumbing journey, though, and, and this is something you shared with, Re, with Rico and I um, in, our, in our pre-production meeting. It sounds so flashed, doesn't it, pre-production meeting? We were having a coffee and a cake. Um, but... You shared with us that you were the Young Plumber of the Year. Yes. Is that correct? Yep. And I've never had so many moustaches and glasses drawn on my newspaper photograph as behind the trade counter at Langs. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, it was, it was, oh, I couldn't believe it, actually. I've never won anything before that. My dad came with me. I was told to come to the award ceremony. Should have took it back to your old school and like, gone like that. Yeah. You know, hey, l- yeah. listen, I did okay. Well, this, this, is, this was the mentality of a young Nathan McLean. I was sitting there with my dad, and all these awards were given out through the evening. And it got up to the end. I was, like, really upset. I thought, they said to me I should really turn up. I thought I was going to win an award. And I was a bit upset. And then they had the last award of the evening, which was the Scottish Plumber of the Year. And and they called out my name. And I just sort of froze. My dad was nudging me. He said, that's you. Go on, go on. And I stood up. And I just thought, they've made a mistake. And I was walking to this front stage. I was just waiting for them to go, oh, hold on, everybody. 
It's been a mistake. It's not Nate. <laughs> I just, yeah, it was just that. Just like, it couldn't possibly be me. It couldn't be me. But and it was. eventually, yeah, it was. So it was, um, yeah. It was... And, and we've, Just that uh, new feeling uh, from and, and, and the, the journey from, from Aberdeen. I mean, this is where the story is so amazing. You know, the, the journey then from being young plumber, plumber of the year in Aberdeen and what you shared with me about being a plumber that does ring people back and does turn up on time and yeah. is available after hours and, yeah. you know, cares about his work. And being able to sleep at night because you know you've done everything correctly. Doing, doing, I mean, we, we, we've talked about this in a lot of episodes, especially with Elle from Mr. Plant Hire, and she was talking about doing the right thing, you yeah. know, just... Caring. It's, it's the joy of business, isn't have it? You t- have you, do you, do you take that everywhere you go? And, and, and you went from, from the very top of the UK in Aberdeen, and that journey took you to, took you to the Southern Hemisphere in New Zealand. Yeah, so that, that came about from tough times at work. You're, um, you're, like, you're like a TV series or <laughs> like, a, you're like a Hollywood movie. Wait, wait, who would play you, Nathan? Who would yeah. play you? Uh, well, let's ask for Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks, fair play, fair yeah. play. Yeah. <laughs> okay, listen, I'm, I'm going to go for me. It could be Idris Elba or Jason Statham. I'm not that worried either Definitely, or. Yeah. Either or it can be. Yeah. You know, thank God you didn't say Danny Dyer because that upsets no, me no, when no, people no. say that. Jason Statham. I, 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 I wouldn't mind the physique. I, don't, <laughs> I, think, I think I ate too. What are you laughing for, Charlie? Yeah. <laughs> what are you laughing for? Oh dear. I've got me peaky blinders out as he says that. But 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 New Zealand must have been absolutely amazing culturally. Personally, like everything, because yeah, no, that's complete, that's what dreams are made of—to actually pack yeah. yourself up and go to the other side of the world. Yeah, it's um, it, it had some negatives as well, hardship sort of side, um, and that's you know um, previous marriage and a, a daughter. So that was that was the hardest emotional wrench of you know people could say it's a selfish move, but anyway, it all worked out great, and and you know. I've always had a fantastic relationship with my daughter, and um, but the, going to New Zealand, it was a lot of hardship at work, being ripped off by building developer, so financially under stress, some sort of staff issues with staff stealing from you, um, that was very very hurtful, and a terrible customer in a senior position in a sort of government position. Oh, nice. <laughs> So, 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 and a heavily pregnant girlfriend. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah. so, so, personal, personal challenges, yeah. professional challenges, plumbing challenges. Yeah. You know, all there probably helps you become the person you are now. Yeah, definitely. Uh, all these things shape you, mm. and um, yeah, it, it's it, it's interesting. The way that we decided to go to New Zealand. So, I split up from my wife a couple of years later. Met. Uh, a young lady who moved to Aberdeen and started up a, a, a business there. And she got me out the Yellow Pages, because I was on just about every page of the Yellow Pages. Spent a fortune on that. And, good um, old Yellow Pages. Yeah, Fly yeah, fishing by J.R. Hartley and, yeah, you know, and so good, Hornby Model Railway. You know, yeah. I, rem- I mean, they're, yeah. they're, they're too young, these two. But like, I remember that, was, that well, Nathan. It really worked as well, though. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, I decided to take a punt and just spend more money than I had on the Yellow Pages. Bloody hell, it worked. The business was just, we were booked way up in advance. But anyway, um, this this lady, she called me up and she had these really fancy designs and she, she, I was interviewed. So I started working for her because I had an open mind and although it was things that weren't done before, I just figured out how to do it. Um, so now we're together. Um, I told you the story about how my team found out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, God bless your children. Yeah, yeah. So that was my, um, back then, um, f- what was it? four 
four-year-old daughter going to kindy and I've got my six staff. Every Monday we used to set them up on the, the new projects. Um, you don't have to share this with all of our listeners, Nathan. It's up to you. It's on you. Oh well, I'm going to share it anyway. I, I know you are, but I'm just, I'm yeah. just, I'm just saying for the public that yeah. I'm not twisting his arm here because this oh, no. is funny. No, no. So yeah. um, it's the innocence of children, and so I'm setting all my team up. And uh, my ex-wife Claire, she was sort of um, working with the designers, and my daughter was sort of shuffling her feet on the ground. And she said, "You know what? Claire was in my daddy's bed this morning." <laughs> So all the stuff. Oh, so we had to make a quick announcement. So, so that's like if if we were talking TV soaps, that's the East Enders. Doof, 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 yeah, doof, doof, that was it. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So um, so that that was that. Then fast forward. I didn't I'd... think you'd share that in the podcast. I, I, no, I didn't think you'd do I'm it. An, I'm an open open book. Fair um, play to you, mate. Fast forward the hardship times. So when this this had been 1995, um, I came home. It was just like one stress on top of another, and I just said to Claire. What would you say if I said, let's go to New Zealand? And what I meant was, I had a shit day. How was yours? Yeah. And she just looked <laughs> at me. We got to the pub. Yeah. yeah. And she said, I'd say yes. I said, are you serious? So we spoke about it for an hour. Um, and took your time then? Yeah. Might have been two. Might have been two uh, okay. hours. Uh, well, yeah, that, that's, that, yeah. That's reassuring to know yeah. you, you put a cut, 120, 120 minutes into it. Yeah. And... We decided we were going to do it. So then I phoned up my parents, let them know that we we're going to go to New Zealand. By the way, I was out there the year before and had a share in a house that I bought out there and um, told the staff the next day. And I thought they'd be upset. We had a brilliant reputation in Aberdeen and all the apprentices got re-employed. Staff were all brilliant. sorted with, with work. And um, we had a really good farewell from them. L- nice, kind words about how they developed, you know, working for us. Uh, we had a big party. They helped us pack up and everything as well. So it was, it was gooder than a new life in New Zealand. And it was absolutely wonderful. Just a beautiful country, beautiful mm. people, laid back. Um, and the colours, the greens and the blues and the Pacific Ocean and the islands. Oh, right, The okay. temperature is just, oh, God. Yeah. And bringing up three little boys there is amazing. Just so, so free. Didn't have to worry about them. So slightly different to the traffic and congestion of Fulham Road. Yeah. Yeah, and, just just like and the expressions of people's faces. <laughs> as well. Do, do you yeah. know what though? Look, you know, you, you, you this journey that that started in in, in in East Anglia in Norfolk and it's gone up to Aberdeen. When you were the English boy in Aberdeen, you you're a young plumber of the year. You've packed up lock, stock, and barrel. You know, look, lock, stock, two smoking barrels. Jason Statham reference there. Nathan, <laughs> see that? If you put that in. But you've gone lock, stock. You've gone. You've gone to New Zealand. Um, You've made it work out there. Let's just end the, end the first half of the podcast by just focusing a little bit on the here and now. Yeah. You know, I do. I mean, I love when you call your KBB royalty. It's it's a it's a VIP visit. You're doing something very special with your technology. It stands out. It gets noticed. Let's just talk about what you're doing now and the successes you've had. Yeah. So keeping things simple. I mean, I think every business needs to ask the question. Why are we here? What is our purpose? And um, at Virtual Worlds, it was, you know, I think one of the biggest impacts I had on the business when I joined, um, it was asking those questions and coming to the realization, first of all, we're not a CAD company. We're a sales and marketing company, and CAD is the vehicle that we've chosen to deliver our services. Love that. When you do that, it's a totally different thing because the business used to be, very clever programmers creating something, chucking it over to sales and marketing. And they used to ask the customers, we've developed this, what, what, what can you do with it? Um, which is not 
the right way of, yeah. of going. So um, it was harnessing a team to sort of set a vision, first of all, understanding what we are, and then what we were going to achieve. And it was just mad. And people were looking at me and shaking their heads and everything. Um, and I was a different voice there, one that sort of spoke of big, bold ideas. But there's a plan there on how to achieve it. And it's, it's winning people's hearts and minds and understanding. I mean, gosh, the word KPI, that used to be such a threat to people. They didn't like it. And I'm saying, well, that's fine if a KPI is there to beat you up with. But a KPI to sort of have a measure of what's possible and, and how close did we get to our estimates and then you know what happened in the story around there and it's is to encourage and, and uh, share and, the but experience. any measure yeah it will depend on how it's how it's managed yeah. how it's enforced how it makes people yeah. feel and, and actually you know a good kpi on the dashboard is going to encourage good performance it's going to get you better yeah. it's going to make you run faster jump higher fix more things and and in your in your case what i love and i love it is that computer-aided design is the vehicle you know, but it's a sales and marketing yeah, product. Th that's what it is. I mean, the I love that. The, you know, we're we're here to help the KBB showrooms sell more product at a higher margin, and you just make it that simple. That's it. That's what we're about. And then it's like, well, how do you do that? Because now you you you're, you're taking away all the complications, all the things about well, is it you know um, programming stuff? It's this is the objective sell more bathrooms, more kitchens at a higher margin. And then you realize, I mean, like the showrooms, if you look at, you're a business, you're a retail showroom, you're paying for the showroom, you're paying for all the displays, the staff, the software, the marketing, why? Why are you spending all that money? And the way that I see it is for an opportunity to make yourself attractive, to get someone to walk through your front door. Then your objective is to close a sale with that person. So, you, you know, we look at the industry standard. I think it's good to ask questions that nobody else asks. And uh, What's your favourite question that nobody else asks? Can you share that or is that trade secret? <laughs> well, I mean, my, my one is why is 60% conversion rate an acceptable conversion rate? If you're making all Boom. that investment, <laughs> why is it acceptable to lose 40% of your opportunity? Lose four out of ten. Yep, and we're, we're, we're the company that says no. We, we're going to set about looking how to solve this. And, and that's everything that we do at Virtual Worlds. We look at the problems, and I understand them because I've done installations. Yeah. I've then done um, showroom, so owned a showroom, um, doing um, designs, importer, supplying showrooms. So we've got, we've got a lot of experience and, and all the pains. I'm always interested in, in the pains. Um, I, I remember in New Zealand, I had a guy, he had most of his warehouse taken out with stock that wasn't shifting and he was complaining about it for ages and I was kind of confused why can't you just do like a, a sale of it and he was explaining how it's going to ruin the marketplace you know like this sort of flash. You, um, a long time later I asked him how he solved his problem I think he had something like it was over 100 grand worth of product he ended up smashing it physically smashing it to clear his warehouse so he could get new stuff in so he just trashed it and I thought it was interesting I thought well, what's the solution for that if that happens so all these sort of problems and so you know how don't, we, I don't we see that as the, I mean whilst it might have been therapeutic you know for a few <laughs> moments I don't see that it as would, the right yeah, solution there. no I, I, I couldn't believe it either um, 
I've, I've watched shift. You know, I mean, it's the, in a, it's the Inham Dell boy. It's the Inham Market store in me. I'm, I'm yeah. seeing it as a, there must be a way to sell it. Yeah. Like, you know, that that's in me. But there are times when smashing stuff up does feel good. I mean, I shouldn't say this with technology people and media people all around me, but. I often threaten to uh, to launch my my machines out of the window because I'm pressing the wrong button. Yeah, I haven't done it yet, but I threaten to. I, I nearly did once. <laughs> when technology goes wrong, but, but that, that but that from a from a leader's perspective, you you've got an amazing team. You've got an award winning yeah, team. Oh, yeah, you've got award yeah. award winning product, award winning team, and they're all listeners to the Foy and Jones show. So we can say shout out to Nathan and his team. <laughs> um, but. Having those experiences through business, through life, the highs, the lows, and the yeah. in-betweens. And we the were lows are important. We were talking downstairs, yeah. and, and, and we were saying, and I said, yeah, it was, and I spoke about a difficult time I went through, and yeah. you went, yeah, it's really horrible, but you really learned from it. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, I did. Yeah. And, and and you just went, yeah, I've been through it. And, yeah. and those, it's, are, it's, those are moments define you in a way in terms of how you apply it yourself now, don't they? Yeah. University of the world. Yeah. What it chucks yeah. at you and how you, you, you deal with it. And the emotional... Um, stages that you go through as well because you know when things aren't going well you've got humility and all, all just everything um, I mean what I love at, at Virtual Worlds you know it is the team mm. and probably one of my greatest accomplishments is the nurturing of the team and when you've got yourself surrounded by a trust environment where you know if we've got sales people and the sales aren't coming in we're not a company to make people feel bad nobody turns up to work to do a bad day's work um, sometimes things need to be a, be said but it, it's always from a place of helping people develop and i'm very open at work um, a lot of people have seen me in different states of distress whether it's personal sort of relationship things i'm a i'm a very very open open I, i'm very similar I'm, yeah. I'm hot on the sleeve so you can yeah. see when i'm up you yeah. can see when i'm yeah. down you can see when it isn't all yeah. and i'll be saying Tuesday, so a couple of days ago, I, I was just not, I was making no progress whatsoever and getting everything wrong that I was doing. And I was actually becoming like, this is really bad here. I'm being like self-destructive. So so I just went home. Like genuinely, I just went, I, I'm done. Yeah, like, I, I'm, that's good. And actually, it's the best thing I could do because yeah. when I weren't there, people got on with stuff and they did it did it really well. Mm. Um, and then you come back in and, you know, I walked the dog, I went for a run and your head's clear. And the things that were stressing me out, not even worth getting stressed over. Not yeah. even worth getting stressed over. I, so I remember when I started at Virtual Worlds, which was 2010. I came in, no job title. So in New Zealand, I was a, an agent. So I had the rights New Zealand. Mm. Then I got Australia, North America, and Canada. And I signed up another company to do the sales there. Supposed to, I was supposed to have made 30 million in 12 months back then, was the projections. <laughs> that didn't happen. So that was another learning thing. But um, when I first started um, in UK, I just knew I needed to say little, open my ears and my eyes, and just learn about the business. So it was, I was each department questioning how do listen, they find things. Listen, what, yeah, learn, yeah, yeah, observe. Because yeah. you can't go into a business and start making change. That's a mistake that people will make. They feel as if they've got to make change when you really you need to just hold yourself and just see that the picture first. And then it was looking at which part of the business I was going to get involved in first. And it became clear then it wasn't going to be sales because the sales were working to make a loss. So anything you're selling um, back then was, was a loss. 
So it was a case of the production side of the team. So it was the cataloging department, mm -hmm. how to give a better customer experience with the catalogs. Um, and then with the pricing to the manufacturers and the processes. So to get profitable, increasing the, the price. But you only do that when you're giving a better service, of course. So you've got to get your, your processes in place and sort of trying to come with um, profitable standards. Um, yeah, but quality, quality is so, so important. Um, and then people start seeing that these ideas work and mm. success is happening. Then they believe. Then th when you're talking about things in future, you've got less doubters because they've seen that actually <laughs> this has worked. So why why can't this other? Mm. Uh, and it does and it does work, Nathan. Yeah. And I think we'll we'll wrap up the first half of this yeah. podcast by by I think I'm just going to share a story. And, and I told you downstairs, but and, and and we're on the eve, and we will talk all things KBB. I think this episode's actually going to go to where just after the KVB show. But if I go back to 2018, um, and I remember being at the show and doing some speaking, and um, there was a couple of stands that I really remembered, and, and yours was one of them because it was fun. Yeah. You know, there was VR sets. There were people dressed in trainers, and, you know, there was more activity. There was energy. Yeah. So naturally, that's going to draw someone like me to it. Um, I think it was then when I, when I, from the outside looking in, realised that there's something quite powerful going on here because if I was a retailer, if I was a business owner, I'd want a bit of that yeah. because that's where the magic can happen in front of my customers. So when we're back after the break, we're going to explore the here and now for, for you and Virtual Worlds, how you see, because this is a back-to-business episode, so how you see the market and the, the future for retailers. I'm going to steal your strap line of shaping the future. Yeah. So we're going to Very talk important. about that. But before we do, Nathan, we're going to talk about your rock star career. Oh, That's the first half of the show. Excellent. Life-changing recruitment for the KBB builders, merchant and construction industries. Creative social content, specialist knowledge, world-leading video technology, helping you find career happiness and helping your business attract its stars of the future. We are Foyne Jones. Okay, so we're all clapping to get Charlie's cameras going. Nathan, clap again for me. Yeah. Rico, clap. There we go. Do, 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 do. Fulham. He won't get that. He doesn't do football, all right? We've established yeah. that. I've never been to a football match in my life. That is going to change. You've got two invitations. You've got two Excellent. golden tickets. You can come to the spiritual home of football. Not the Emirates, Charlie. Craven Cottage to watch Fulham Football Club play. You can come as yeah. my guest. Or if you want to do something for grassroots, you can come to fan-owned Lewis Football Club. You can watch our sponsored player, Michael Class, a boy who I've known since he was three years old, who's now bossing it in centre midfield. They are, Nathan, the only football club in the world to pay their female team exactly the same as their men's team. Brilliant. They are a quality yeah. FC. They're an amazing I'll football take club. take your, your recommendation on the So we'll take you to one or yeah. the other. Depends if you want a day in West London or a day by the seaside again. But we'll make that yeah. happen. So... <coughs> As a business, as a business owner, as a leader, as someone who is busy, and you've shared how busy you've been yeah. with your with your seven hour commutes up and down from Surrey to Milton Keynes, you know, in in the early days, we all need downtime, we all need to relax, we all need to do a hobby. So, I'm going to fast forward to the magic bit. You tried a bit of sailing, weren't for you, a bit lonely out on the lakes. Yeah. 
And then you decided, decided to do something which, with two musicians in the studio, is going to be something they can't wait for you to talk about. <laughs> Can you please, because I'm not having all your customers know this, I'm not having all your connections know this, can you tell the world how you become a rock star? <laughs> well, I don't know about star, but... Okay, yeah, come okay, on. Okay, right. I'm going star. Yeah. So I was sitting on the side of the lake deciding that I'm not meeting people. <laughs> Because um, it's such a big club, um, and I decided, what is Nathan? What are you passionate about other than work? Because work was just full time in my mind, 24 hours thinking about things. And I thought, well, I like playing the piano, so I had this idea that I would like to experience playing the piano with somebody else playing another instrument. So I imagined like jamming with a guy, guitar, and me and the keyboard. So People will now get why I said about the instruments at the very start oh, of this okay. episode, because they wouldn't have got it at the start. Carry on, sir. So then I thought, there and then, I'm just going to Google it. So I was Googling. I can't remember what I typed in. In the old days, you'd got your yellow pages out, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah. And um, I saw this advert, um, a band, Badger's Gifts, and they're looking to recruit a keyboard player. So I think of the advert said a bunch of 40-year-olds wanting to get into to movie into music. So um, I applied, and then I had an audition. And I was so so nervous, <laughs> just trying to brush up on the on the keyboard. And they said after my audition, "We'll get back to you." <laughs> so I thought that's a no. But they did get back to me, and um, I joined Badger's Gifts. Um, and that experience um, it was brilliant. The camaraderie, being in a band, just learning different things. Um, and getting confident as well in, in playing the instrument is, is brilliant. But the highlights was we, we were headlining uh, the clubs in London, uh, the 100 Club, which has got a lot of um, history to it. Yeah, and we that's nostalgic. That's nostalgic. Yeah. That's celebrity. Yeah. That's that's famous. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we headlined a, f- a few clubs. It's always hard getting people to attend. Isn't it? That's the hard work of being in a band, getting people to to come. Charlie, along. can you relate? Yeah, yeah, ch- ch- yeah, Charlie's it, not. It, ch- producer really, Charlie is really nodding enthusiastically. And he might need a keyboard player, Nath. Bless my team at Virtual Worlds. They used to come down. Did so, they? Yeah. So, was that so, by. Right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'd love yeah. them to text in or, or message me on LinkedIn to say whether. Was that by default or love? Was uh, that was by. I, I think mostly love. <laughs> <laughs> um, as in, I don't know if they love the music, yeah. but um, I think, you know, support your own sort of yeah. thing. But um, yeah, no, it was really, re- really good experience, and we did a few live gigs on radio. And there's a saying: always end strong. I remember live radio, and we played one of our new. We we did our own music, not covers, and it was the final chord. Played it wrong. I was devastated. I don't know if anybody would have noticed though. Probably thought, hey, that's a cool, cool chord. But um, yeah, that that was my my time, and we got um, songs on iTunes. And, um, yeah, no, it's nice to have, to say that you've done it. You might not make it back to Milton Keynes because because <laughs> producer Charlie may just take you straight into his studio well, and get and get yeah. and get you banging out some tunes with him. Yeah, well, I want to play Charlie my reggae dubstep song after this. You don't you don't associate Nathan with a reggae dubstep hit, do you? Like with a reggae dubstep vibe yeah. going on. But I mean, Charlie's going to go on tour. Maybe like you can get a little sabbatical and go on tour with him. <laughs> Who knows? So so listen, thank you thank you so much for sharing that because yep. this, my podcast is about people. It's about personality. It's about 
about you know using storytelling in a way which which we don't always get the chance to do mm. and you know people will look at your business and they will like it from the outside looking in you know Rico was 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 he was evangelical last yes last night and this morning look at what it does and he was he was asking me very technical questions which I couldn't answer right. and I just said it's really good it's really good so we're arriving at this point in time where we have we have overcome a global pandemic. We're mm. we're still in it together, depending on what two years disappeared, didn't they? Yeah, depending on what political persuasion you are, and we do keep politics out of this podcast. Yeah. It's good, good, bad, average, or just really bad and really embarrassing. But we are in a new normal because nothing will ever quite be the same again. From a future of retail, and in particular the KBB, the independent retailer. Um, I love just to take take a bit of time, Nathan, to get get your thoughts on what the future looks like. I mean, you've got shaping the future of retail on everything you yep, do. So important. How how do you see the market, the trends moving? Um, I know it's a deep question. Yeah, it is, is a deep question. What our focus is, as I said before, it's how do retailers sell more product at a higher margin, keeping things really really simple. And our answer. It's got to be the customer experience. So that's why you see virtual worlds doing what we're doing. We, I mean, having the best CAD system, that's just what we taken as standard. So it's what our retailers can offer their customer, and that is an amazing buying experience. And the retailers need to understand, I'm sure they do understand, but maybe it's too easy to sort of you know, not mm. think about it. What are the problems that their customers face? And they work very hard to make their money. And then they are fearful that they make the wrong decisions in their purchasing of a, a bathroom or a kitchen. And the human brain is sort of made up for sort of crisis control. It's the fear of making a mistake. So, um, you know, w what we're looking at, you know, there's neuroscience to what we're doing. When we launched VR, that was in 2016. That was before Oculus had the headsets out, I knew that development was happening and the reason why we got involved in it was because it answered a problem. Mm. Not because it was there. And when we launched it, um, our competitors were all saying it, it's a waste of time. VR is not the way to go. In fact, I used to get so upset with their comments, I ended up including it in our presentations. But Mate, shaping... You, you've got to kill them. Yeah. The haters are going to hate, aren't they? Yeah. But I knew where it was going, you know. Mm. Um, so it's customer experience. That, that's what we're focusing on. And the technology that, that we're using is to give people that sense of experiencing their kitchen, their bathroom, before they buy it. And I'll, I'll give you, I, I mention it quite a bit. If you're doing th um, th um, 2D presentations on a screen, uh, photorealistic renders, that's like the postcard experience. Virtual worlds is the holiday experience. They get to step Love inside, that. and um, there's, there's so much to it. But if you go to the end experience where somebody's got their kitchen installed, they're not looking at the worktop going, maybe I should have gone with the bright, the lighter top. They saw it, they experienced how it made them feel, mm. and they know that the darker one is just perfect for them. Mm. So the, the consumer strap line is making your home perfect. So um, I think we're the only software company doing consumer marketing. 
Mm. Um, and, and and I think we, you know, you talk about the evolution of technology, and you know, the, the, the headsets, they're a phase, they're a gimmick, they, they don't actually do it. Who's going to put them on their yeah. head? Who's going to do it? Trust me, you do, yeah. right? You do. We've and, got and over four hundred retailers doing it, and, so. and four hundred retailers are doing it for a reason. Yeah. But you've got to be bothered. You've got to have the relationship or be able to build the relationship with me and my wife mm. right, to make us want to do that. Yeah. Make us look a bit silly. Make us feel a little bit uncomfortable until we start bringing it to life. Yeah. If we go back to something we spoke about downstairs, Nathan, we spoke about our mobile phone journey, or we actually didn't. We spoke about our phone hanging up in the in the house and dialing the number and knowing each other, knowing people's phone numbers off by heart or and the yellow pages. But... I remember we were speaking about, you know, my first mobiles and Motorola and you move on, you move on. And that, that, that pivotal changing point when I went from a Nokia phone to a BlackBerry, I mean, that was, that was life changing mm. at the time. And then I fast forward and I got on the, uh, I got on the Apple wagon a little bit late in 2009 or 10, but going from a BlackBerry to, to, to an iPhone was like, now my world is very, very different. We're never going to go back, are we? No. We're never going to no. go back. So, so are, are, are we going to not evolve with this technology? But you're doing something very different. You're making it special. I agree with you. 400 retailers aren't, aren't wrong. But it's, it's the way you... There, there's something magical about, about that experience that you can articulate better than me. But that's the, oh. that to me is, that to me is where, 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 you, where, where, where value is different because the, the cost, the margin... It's all wrapped up into that immersive experience, isn't yeah. it? That's the that's what comes across from what I see. I'll give you another another example. You can tell the difference between a VR experience where it's f the reason of why is fully understood, the benefits that could be gained by providing such an experience, um, compared to perhaps another experience where they're doing it because they can but they've missed out the, the logic as to the, what the benefits are and why VR is the answer to this problem. Um, and that comes down to the, the wonderment of the experience. It's that showmanship. How it's, you feel. Yeah. Different so, sides of the brain start kicking yeah, in, don't yeah. they? And so um, the people that think that VR is a gimmick and it's not right in their business, they know their business better. Now, I'm sure there's businesses where Maybe it's like such bulk and there's no design <laughs> required and shifting product, that's fine. If you're doing design and you want to close more sales, um, this is absolutely required. And I would go as far as to say that in the future when the consumers become more aware that this is the way of buying a bathroom, the benefits, the peace of mind um, is a very valuable commodity peace of mind and people are willing to sp spend above and beyond to secure it, mm. just knowing that it's and, right. And we're also, you know, we're getting older. Yeah. Don't like it, but we are. And the generations that are coming, you know, the, the generations of the future, the homeowners of the future, the, the people that are going to be buying a doer-upper of the future, you know, they're Rico and Charlie's age, right? So so they're coming through. They're going to be all over this type well, of experience. They're going to be demanding this, this, it. This, this is a misconception of VR. It's for young people. It's absolutely wrong. I don't know if you saw, we had a piece in the KBB Review magazine, and that was Napier Bathroom to the 90-year-old in VR. I saw if, that. If you think about it, what is an older person going to understand better? Being sat down in front of a keyboard, mouse, and a computer screen, looking See, at... See, I've never thought of it like or that. Or 
stepping inside their bathroom, their kitchen, and experiencing. Because as soon as you put the VR headset on, the technology disappears, and they are physically mm. inside their, so, their so, room. So actually, contradicting everything I just yeah. said, whilst the younger generation are going to be more aware of the technology, yeah. and they're going to be arguably you know, more used to it, it could actually have much more impact the other end of the the other end of the life cycle where you know feeling what it will be and seeing the benefit you know how it will make it will make your kitchen easier to to yeah. to, to, to exist in wow yeah i mean again you know that was good the, that was very good the, the 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 future of the showroom um i believe it's very healthy in the future. It's going to succeed because this is as long as they keep adapting and they need to provide an experience that can't be obtained on the internet. It's got to be something that's really special in the store. You've got to attract people into the showroom. Now, I'll also say, you know, I, I talk about virtual worlds and how it can help the business. First and foremost, we are here to um, improve an existing business. So if you've got a business that gives crap customer service and everything else, virtual worlds will help a little bit, but it's not going to make your business fly. Um, in the same way, you get lots of... It's not a magic pill, then. Yeah. Um, a designer. You know, a lot of designers, they felt threatened when CAD hit the market. I explain to people, um, without the hand of the designer, virtual worlds is useless. Mm. We are a professional design. It's the brain that holds the new evolution of the pen. That's virtual worlds. So their job's very safe. We just allow them to communicate their design concepts far clearer to the end consumer that they understand it, more they understand how it makes them feel. So spatial awareness, emotional awareness of the design. But I was getting to earlier on, people that don't understand VR um, or the, the, the necessity of having this in your business, especially as time goes on, at Virtual Worlds, we see it. We see people that were disbelievers who now have the VR and they're winning more work, conversion rate increased, um, compressing the timeline to secure an order to close a sale because you don't have to explain everything. People are in the bathroom or kitchen and everything's crystal clear. You know what, you know what a kitchen is when you stand in one, right? And then um, people will walk to what's important to them. So the design process changes. So our view of it is like this. We, we see before and after results, and we do share stories about success rate. There were um, stories, again, KBB review, 100% success rate with retailers. It's like if nobody knew what an umbrella was, and everybody's used to that when it rains, you get wet. And we're a company that said, we've got this thing that's going to keep you dry. <laughs> you can't. And we show them an umbrella, but all they're seeing is a stick. They don't know that you lift this thing up, puts a canopy in it, keeps you dry. It's almost like with VR, the, the people don't understand all the benefits and they're a bit too quick at discounting it. The, mm. There's a lot of people that... Do, do you find, though, Nath, I mean, perhaps not yourself, perhaps yourself, but particularly your, your, your customer-facing teams, that you get to a point when like it's just it's not it's not the right time we'll walk away you know because yeah. i've found that on on the the virtual 360 showroom tours that we've we've pioneered through jones through lockdown with jones digital is that you know sometimes i i i, I genuinely believe this if i feel that i'm having to oversell or, or really push too hard it's, i'm talking to the wrong person because they're not ready or they don't want and 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 it's and i found that with it the the benefits 
are there and with technology sometimes it's it's almost a game of patience as well that people yeah. tend to get there you know and they and they will get there in their own time and and I think that is the future because I look at the KB industry and I see pressure points and Damien it was the BIKBBI conference and Damien Damien Stephen and, and, and the teams there did a great job in highlighting the need for more 15 year old Nathans who probably don't really like school that much but could have an amazing career mm. you know on the tools as a as a fitter as an installer and and that apprenticeship pathway that skills crisis needs to be fixed. But we've also got, I believe, in terms of traditional recruitment, showroom-led recruitment, there's a need to to bring in more talent and talent from different sources. When you're talking to your retailers and you're talking to your partners, how important, and this is and it, there's, there's no loaded question, it's not a recruitment question, but, but the person and their belief in the VR, but their belief in yeah. it, that's success or failure, isn't it? There yeah. and then. Yeah, yeah. So you, you've you've got to have a team um, that believe in what and understand what they're selling, um, and have passion. And um, so, 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 imagine I'm a non-believer. Yeah. How do you convert me? How do I see the light? Yeah, it, it's simplifying things down. Like life can be so complicated and so many issues. You need to take all of the combinations out, and that's what Virtual World does for the end consumer, it removes all the questions. The The rational brain is disengaged and it's the primitive brain that's just experiencing and knowing it's right. It, it, it's selling to itself. So to a retailer, I mean, here's an example. You're a kitchen retailer. You've got Am a, I a good one? You're a very good one. Excellent. You've got a showroom. I've got a good showroom? You've got, nice a, high you've got a small showroom. You've got Where is one it? kitchen. Only joking. You've got one kitchen, London. Yeah. One kitchen, not much space. Yeah. Now the question is, what makes more sense to you? A physical kitchen display or a virtual world's 4D theatre? Yeah, I'm all over the 4D theatre because I'm paying a lot of rates. I've got no space. Because if, if you look at the combination, you've got a physical display. So this is a showroom. It's only got space for one kitchen. Hmm. All of that money that you spent on your marketing, your staff, your software, the showroom, to get that one person to yes, come in the door. Moment of truth. Right? I talk they about this all the time. In, and the kitchen that you've got on display isn't to their taste. They might be wanting um, handleless, modern, mm. and you've got a country-style shaker kitchen or something like that. So your display is not suiting, let, let's say, 60% of the people that come into your showroom. Whereas the virtual display is, it can be any kitchen. So or it could be a, a kitchen and they're seeing the door fronts change. A physical kitchen, you've got door samples. How can anybody have confidence in spending a lot of money looking at a door sample and being told to imagine that's what this kitchen would look like in this door? Virtual um, World's 4D theater, you can see the change happen before your, in, before your eyes, standing at the kitchen, open the door, look inside. Um, then you want to see a totally different style of kitchen completely. But then with a virtual kitchen, you could have another 10 displays in that same showroom space. So it, it makes sense to me that the virtual display in a single kitchen showroom display, physical display, beats the physical display because you've got a lot more versatility. You can um, meet the needs of more customers that walk through the door and convert that sale. Mm. And, it, and it actually works. You can, you can be a double, you can be a two-tier 
you know, flagship showroom with with you know with multiple displays. You can and, and the same and, and it's the same. It's the yeah. it's the same theatre. It, it's the same. I mean, I'm, it's amazing that, that if you talk about how something makes you feel and and you're enjoying it, cost does become you know not as important. It's 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 understanding that. But I think from a from a retailer's perspective, the the, the the moment of truth when everything you're doing is to get someone to to pick the phone up to walk through the doors to talk to you it, it must be yeah it's, it must be a magical gift to see i i mean I, i'd love to to talk to talk to people and seeing the chain like you know when your teams have seen the chain that must be yeah. really that must be so rewarding for them it is and 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 that's the wonderful thing about doing something that wows people um, and there's a lot of value in, I mean, you could produce something where people go, well, that's good. You could invest a lot more time. And if you get people to go, oh, my God, that is amazing. So, for example, in virtual worlds, we do things like um, water spray patterns coming out of showers where people can experience that. It's playful. But what it's doing um, with, with the brain, it's making people believe more that they're in that space and interacting with their room. What we're actually doing, we're doing at such a high level that we are implanting into the customer's mind a memory of a better lifestyle. I've experienced this myself in, in my home. So I was looking at um, the thought of going open plan with, my, with my, my house, do an extension and take all the walls out. My rational brain was saying, this is wrong because you're not going to get the money back. You're going to overinvest in this property. I decided to put it into 4D theater and experience it. And I sat down at my dining room table at the breakfast bar, used the kitchen, and I just thought, my God, this is my lifestyle. This is what I want. And I could imagine entertaining friends in this space. And there was part of me said, Nathan, you deserve, you deserve this. And then when the headset was off and I'm sitting in my little rooms, I was just so dissatisfied knowing what the potential of my home could be. And the emotions went through. I, I did the development. And we're seeing this so much with customers where they go beyond their budget because, for example, you've got a customer and you've established what the budget is. And every salesperson should establish what the customer's budget is so they could advise them properly. Um, it's difficult to upsell someone when you're saying, well, there's this product in the brochure. Compared to virtual worlds where they're looking at their kitchen and then you change the options to show something that might be £2,000 more, £5,000 more. But it's got an effect on them that makes them feel like, oh my God, this is perfect. This is what I want. And then the salesperson just needs to say, well, this is £5,000 more, but you get to enjoy this every day for years to come based on the spend that you do today. Mm. And it just makes sense to the customer. I think, I think if I, I could sum it up in, in anything, it, it's the customer experience. Yeah. I mean, I've wrote it down, and 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 I bring the, I I talk about a Foyne Jones experience when we talk about that recruitment. And I was saying we we were talking Jones Digital in a meeting yesterday, and it's a very creative cooking series we're going to be working on. And I was saying we're going to bring our flavour to this. We're going to bring our passion to it. Mm. And 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 that and you you bring something different to that to those meetings to that to those ideas and the brainstorming but but what you've brilliantly done Nathan in 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 the whole episode really is kind of let us into your world all right so so i think i'd love to end the podcast cuz sadly 
all things have yeah, to yeah. end. But yeah. we're going to end the show on a high because that's what you do as a rock star. You end on a high. So I'm going to give you the chance to 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 end the podcast with your closing message to the industry. You know, with with you know whatever you want to talk about. The listeners are there. The floor is your own. Close the podcast for me, Nathan. Yeah. It's been a brilliant episode. I'll say that we're all in an absolutely fantastic industry with amazing people. And the future of the kitchen and bathroom showroom, the physical showroom, in my mind, is really bright and exciting. And it's, it's the, sh- the most dangerous thing for a business is the fear of change, the fear of risk. And that's the biggest risk to any business. Um, what we're doing at Virtual Worlds, it's looking to the future, future gazing, and having that positive outlook and making it become a reality. So, yeah closing more sales in a shorter time and just achieving what people say is unachievable and, and in contrast to what i said spectacularly wrong i would say because I, I can get it wrong and i've got it wrong this product is as popular with my 90 year old aunt viley who yeah. cleans st augustine's church in hammersmith still once a week nathan shout out to st augustine's church and my nan sister viley god bless her soul viley is still going strong it's as popular with her at 90 years old as it is to my three-year-old nephew jude as he grows up yep. that's quite powerful that's what our podcast's about i think the i'm captivated by the name from the clean story I, I genuinely think there's movie rights and a deal to be done <laughs> uh, i genuinely mean that charlie's going to take you to his music studio and he's going to get Excellent. you he's going to get you on the joanna as we call it in west london he's going to get you on the piano um that was ladies and gentlemen boys and girls that was episode 14 of season five of the Foy and Jones show, where we went back to business, but we looked at the future of retail with Nathan for Virtual Wells. Nathan, how's this podcast made you feel? That's brilliant. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's great to um, yeah, just share stories and listen to other people's stories as well. Fantastic, um, sir. Yeah. You've been a brilliant guest. You, you've you've travelled by train. We, you've been brilliant. Thank you very much for coming. And the, the the offer to go to your first football match is still there. Excellent. I'll take. Thanks for listening. That's the end of the Foy and Jones show. We'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening today. That's the end of episode 14 where we got back to business with the brilliant Nathan McLean. Look forward to seeing you in next week's episode and a big shout out to our brilliant sponsors of this series, MHK Holding UK.